What a wonderful day to be together. So awesome to come up here and look and see so many of you guys back after a few weeks of sickness and bad weather and vacation. So great to see you. And uh, what a special time it was to be able to welcome so many new members to our family. And then to um, gather around the table and hear from those two new sisters in Turkey and just their experience. Wow, that's exciting. It's great to be a part of what God is doing. And, and how about our new stage decor? Look, looking pretty nice. Laura Dockery has worked really hard on this. We, we didn't know. If you weren't here last week, we announced uh, new construction, new baptistry for our stage. And uh, there's pictures in the lobby. We didn't know we announced it last uh, Sunday how our brother Adam Pemberton would be in here Monday morning, tearing things out and starting to rebuild so quickly. So we are very excited about what that's going to do for us to be able to have both of our services in this space. You probably remember the history in World War II when the Japanese bombers were flying across the Pacific. Uh, we were caught unaware. The sad thing though is we did have one private at the radar who saw all these little black dots coming across his radar. And he called his commanding officer above him and told him what he said. And, and that officer issued four infamous words. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And, and most of our Pacific fleet and thousands of lives were lost on that day because we didn't recognize that we were at war. If you're our guest today, we're in Ephesians 6. We are studying the armor of God. And Paul's saying to us is that we need to be aware and awake to the war around us. You see on the radar screen of our lives, there's so many things that are coming up. A belief in our culture that there's no such thing as absolute truth. Widespread acceptance that there's no right and wrong in morality. A social media that spreads, spreads lies and often presents a picture of life that none of us could ever live up to. And on top of that, we look on our TVs and on our computers and we see filth that we would have never guessed. We're at war and we need to wake up to that. And we've been studying the armor of God because we have got to be alert and we've got to be armed. We've seen two so far. The belt of truth that holds everything together. That's the beginning of that armor. And then last week we looked at that righteous life, the breastplate of righteousness. And it's ironic that the third piece of armor in the middle of this war is peace. And it's almost a little disappointing that it's shoes. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 15. For shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. He wants us to put on the right shoes. Now, let's, let's have a little fun just for a moment. Let me take a survey. I want you to think really quickly, guesstimate the best you can. How many pairs of shoes do you have? I've got to be thinking of it. Some of you don't nudge your wife. How many pairs of shoes do you have? It's just, I, I've got a, a guesstimate in my mind, all right? Let's, let's go with the men first. If you own a pair of shoes, stand up, please. All men, all men who own a pair of shoes, stand up, all right? Only the barefooted are sitting down right now. If you own more than five pairs of shoes, remain standing. Uh, more than ten pairs of shoes. Eleven. Twelve. 
12 is the average for a man, okay? Anybody own more than 15 pairs of shoes? More than 20? Guys? Now we're getting the real men. <laughs> or maybe not. How many? Guess? 20? <laughs> 25? You win. Okay. You remain standing because you're going to get a prize in just a moment. Okay. Ladies, if you own more than five pairs of shoes, please stand up. Don't anyone sit down at this moment, all right? If you own more than 10 pairs of shoes, more than 20 pairs of shoes, average woman owns 23 pairs of shoes, okay? Let's see if you beat that. Anybody 25 or more? 30 or more? Whoa, man, we got big competition. 35 or more? 40 or more? Oh, wow, beautiful women. 50 or more? Great. How do we do this? 55? 60? How many girls? 70? Oh, she got it. Okay. Would our two winners please stand? And John and Well, they're back on that. Would you help deliver this gift to them? Both of them stand? Okay, well, you got both of them. Please stand, you stand. This is the address of the Goodwill Donation Center. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we want you to be able to do something with it. So thank you very much. Well, this morning, we look at the one pair of shoes that everybody should wear every day. You see, the first three armaments that Paul gives, he says, put on. The last three are you take up in the situation. This you put on every day. Now, what is it? It's the gospel of peace. This is our armament. Now, what does the word gospel mean? That's a great word. I don't think we could describe it in too rich of a terms. Now, one thing very interesting here I didn't recognize is that the, um, the word for gospel in the New Testament is a very unique word. In fact, you don't hear it in common, ordinary, um, you know, writing. It's almost ever, never used because the word almost was contradictory. It meant something so good that it couldn't be true. So good that it couldn't be true. And so only in the Gospels does anybody ever really use, in the New Testament, does anybody really use this word? Because guys, think about what we believe to be true. I mean, it's radical, it's crazy, it is almost too good to believe. God became one of us. God lived a perfect life. And then the Gospel centers, 1 Corinthians 15, on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. He took our place on the cross, he defeated death in the grave, and he resurrected to give us life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And, and that good news, you see, is the gospel of peace. It brings us peace because what happens with the good news? Listen, friends, because we've heard all this way too many times that we forget this is almost too good to believe. Listen, because of what Jesus has done for you, first of all, you have peace with God. You had, you had ruined that peaceful relationship by your sin. You now have peace with God because all your sins have been taken away. You have peace with God, and you also have peace within. You have the peace of God, and you have the peace 
from God. And that's what the good news of this peace is. What, what is peace? I think most of us would describe peace as a, a sense of inner tranquility, a sense of being okay with, with our relationship with God, with our relationship with others, relationship with ourself. Now that's hard because we live in a world of chaos. The law of entropy says that everything goes into more and more chaos the longer that we go. And I think we see this. We live in an age that's labeled the age of anxiety. And yet here's our weapon. What a shocking weapon. It's peace with God. It literally is the peace of God. Listen to what Jesus said before he left this planet. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You hear that? Jesus says before he leaves this earth, I'm giving you my peace. How much peace did Jesus have? Jesus had enough peace to endure the cross. I mean, Jesus had that talk with God about the cross, and then he faces it head on and does not flinch. And Jesus says to you and I, his disciples, you can have this kind of peace in the middle of this chaos. And then look at what he says in John 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me, in him, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. That an understatement? Anybody got any trouble? Trouble's all around us. Trouble, Jesus says, forecast tomorrow, trouble. Forecast next month, trouble. Forecast next year, trouble. In this world, you'll have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus gives a peace that we could not have on our own. Now, here's my question here on this passage is, why shoes? Of all things, why does he say the shoes of peace? I, I think I might would have called that the breastplate. Well, let's talk, think a little bit about it. Let me show you a, a picture. You got that picture back here of the shoe? That's, that's what Roman soldiers' shoes looked like. They were, they were like sandals that, that with leather strips that came into boots. And the key to them is they had hobnails on the bottom. There's some historians who believe that one of the major reasons the Romans conquered the world was because their shoes were better than anybody else's. So that's why Paul says, okay, guys, if you're going to be prepared to go out into battle, we're in war, you need to wear these shoes. What did these shoes give you? There's two things. First of all, they give you stability to stand in the battle. The key to these shoes in the middle of combat is they gave you sure footing. You see, these shoes were tailor-made for when you got into hand-to-hand -hand combat and gave you leverage over your opponent. And guys, the gospel of peace, our shoes, gives us stability no matter what life throws at us. Let's be honest. It's a tough topic today because many of us lack peace. Many of us, including myself, would say, 
peace has sort of been an elusive commodity in my life. I'm, I may have it, then I may not have it, but I, I struggle to be at peace in my life the way I've always known whether I was at peace or not. Is uh, Can I be all alone with nothing to do and feel peace with myself and peace with God? Because I'm in a bad place. I don't like being by myself. I don't like not achieving something. It messes with my mind. If I'm in a good place, I crave being alone with nothing to do. And so this is, this is elusive, but it's so needed because we are vulnerable when we're not at peace, right? I mean, when you're not at peace inside, that's when Satan can come and drop that temptation and pull you away. And that's when we're not able to handle life. Because you're going to get possibly that pink slip one day. The test is going to come back positive. Many will receive those divorce papers. Some of you will receive a, a phone call from school about your child that disturbs you. An unexpected rejection. And if you're not at peace, those things can destroy you. But if you have the inner peace of God and the inner peace with God, you can stand. You see, biblical idea of peace is not everything going your way. That's a a worldly viewpoint, right? And, And all of us can have peace when everything's going our way. Biblical peace is, it doesn't have to be going your way. There was a painting contest years ago, and it came down to the finals, of, and they had two painters, and they said, both of you, draw us a picture of peace. And the first artist drew a picture of this beautiful field. There was a flowing creek going right through the middle. The sun was shining. The sky was blue. The trees were in full bloom. There were flowers. It was just what we would say a perfect picture of tranquility. The second artist, though, went in a different direction. She drew black skies with thunder and lightning and trees that were swaying and water that was tumultuous. And yet in the bottom left-hand corner of the picture was a little bird singing a song. Well, when the judges compared. They chose the second picture as the picture of peace. That peace can be when you're in the middle of the storm, you still have tranquility. That's why we cling to a verse like Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. That says to me, no matter what's going on in my life, if it's good, if it's bad, if it's in between, if it's awful, God can take that and do something good with it. And therefore, when the storms of life come, when the attacks of Satan comes, I've got the stability from the shoes of peace to stand and to fight. But the shoes give us more than that. They also give us the strength to step out in advance. These shoes were not simply about digging in. They were also for stepping out and for moving forward. You see how... We do see a lot of bad things on our radar right now in our world, right? 
Things are happening. We never guess what happened. And here's the temptation for Christians. And here's the temptation for churches. Is let's just dig in and hold our ground. Let's just keep ourselves as far away from it as possible. Let's dig in. Let's take our stand. And let's, let's, just, let's just hold on for dear life. Culture may go crazy, but at least we got our little group, and we're going to hold on. Because God didn't give you peace just to dig in. He gave you peace to advance. Because if, if God has given us peace, what's wrong with our crazy world? Why are people searching in so many incredibly crazy directions to come at peace with themselves? Because they don't have the peace of God. And so we, we, don't, we don't hunker down. We, we move out because we've got what they need. That peace that you've been given was not just given to you. It's been given for you to, to press the gates of hell. I love that picture when, you know, Peter confesses Jesus as the Son of God. And, and Jesus says, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven... This is the rock upon which I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You say, what's so important there? Friends, gates are defensive. What what Jesus believed is the truth that we have is not meant just to keep us here in this building, but to advance us all the way to the gates of hell. So we receive peace. Why? Because we give peace. Why? Because we got the right shoes on. You ever been somewhere, maybe on vacation, and, and all you took was what we call dress shoes? And you went there, and you really needed to go out and hike, or you really needed to go play ball, or you needed to do something. I love what I read someone say, don't just take your dress shoes, take your go shoes. Okay? And when it comes to you and I and this gospel, brothers and sisters, we got some go shoes on. Look, look at this passage from, from Isaiah. Paul quotes it later in the book of Romans. Picture... Sounds sort of weird to us. How beautiful in the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvations, who say to Zion, your God reigns. That's a sort of a weird picture. Beautiful feet. (laughs) I don't want to show you my feet. What's beautiful? You, You see, in that day, if, if your, um, your city was at war, I mean, you, you couldn't call somebody and tell them what's going on. You couldn't telegraph somebody. You, couldn't, you, you were waiting on a messenger. And so a messenger would be sent from the war zone back to the city. And the watchman of the city would watch across the hills as the messenger came. And they could tell whether they were winning the battle or losing the battle by the way the messenger ran. If the messenger was slow and plodding, they knew they lost. But if the messenger was running so quickly that he was, um, he was bringing up dirt behind him because his feet and his shoes were moving so quickly, the watchman could, before he ever got that, know that they were having victory. And my friends... God's given us beautiful feet to not go plodding along, but to quickly go into battle to win that battle. 
So friends, here, here are the two reasons that you need to put on the shoes of peace today. You need, first of all, stability, to stand in the battle, because we're all in the battle. And we need more than that, we need strength to advance in the battle. Now, let me stop here just for a second and talk about what I call Landmark's game plan. Here's a couple ways, just over the next couple weeks, that we're going to prepare ourselves for this battle. First of all, you know we're in the middle of, of, of small group reorganization. Because, guys, here's what we know for us to do more than just be this little safe place where we dig in, is we've got to get out from these walls. We've got to get into our lives and into our homes and into our communities. And what we're trying to produce right now, and we need all of your help, is these little pl- platoons where people out there get to meet together and support each other. Because if you think that you're going to win in this war without good support, I think you're mistaken. I think you're blinded. You need to be around good people who share good values. And, and, and that's what happens in our small groups. That's the place where we go, you know what? Not only is this pretty cool what happens in here, but what's even better is when we get back into our communities and we have the stability to stand together. I'm not going to fall down because you're at my side. And we have the strength to launch out. See, here's what I love. Let's say you, you, you have a, a life group in your community and you bring your friend who doesn't know Christ. And here's what they're going to, here's what they're going to see in that, that life group. They're going to see you talk about the Word. They're going to see you praying about God. They're going to discover something they might not really know. You've got problems. The people in that group have got problems. But there's a big difference between you and them. Not only do we have problems, but we have a God who cares about us. And we have each other to lean on. And most people in the world don't have that. And when we could create those little platoons out there where that can happen... My friends, the gospel can be advanced and we can stand strong. You were not made to live the Christian life isolated. It was not even meant for what we're doing right now to be enough. So we need all your help. Some of you have been leaders in the past. You're not leaders. Some of our age groups, we don't have enough groups. Some of our areas, the outlying areas, we don't have enough groups. And then, guys, you know, we're having a great time right now. Lots of folks and, you know, our leader, Refuel. But even if you hadn't been a part of that, it's not too late. Next Sunday night, January 30th, small group deacons are hosting a, a cookout. And, and we want anybody, if you're interested, if you think, man, I'd like to lead a group, but I need a co-leader, or I think I'd like to launch out in this area, or I've not led in a long time, but I want to jump back in this important ministry, just sign up in the back today. And join us next Sunday night as we pull this thing together. You say, oh, oh my goodness, buddy. But if I signed up to lead, this is going to take some of my time. Yeah, it will. But what is it going to take you from? Let's just be honest. Endless Netflix shows? Watching HGTV half the night? Repeating of Sports Center and what's the latest? Guys, we've got to have more purpose in our life than that. I'm not apologizing that this church is asking for your time because you need to fill your time with something that's meaningful, and so do I. Because there's endless diversions. But how much more fulfilled, could I say this, how much more peaceful will you be if you're part of the kingdom of God work? That's where it happens. So help us out. And then also, two weeks from today, it all comes together. We have Mission Sunday. 
While I watch Joey and Ann Day, I see those two new Christian ladies up there. They go, man, I want to give. I want to be a part of this. Because, guys, the world needs peace. You know, we're not going to solve the problems. We'll try by dem- diplomacy or worldly armaments. That may have, it might sort of hold something for a while. The only answer is Jesus. Amen? And what I love about our mission emphasis is we're going in the area of the world, specifically Turkey, that's in the most chaos and most turmoil right there by the Middle East. An opportunity to reach out there and to reach out. And you see, the Muslims coming to Christ. We can get all upset about what's happening, but we could actually do something about it. You say, okay, buddy, I appreciate what you're saying here. That's all good, but, but I'm not at peace. I mean, I, I saw our prayer request for three weeks ago when you were to list, you know, one of the five areas. Now, a lot of you listed stress is the area the shepherds will pray for you. And so let me say this. I'm saying this to me, too, because I've confessed to you I struggle with this. If peace is not our normal way of living, then somewhere I'm out of step with God and I'm more vulnerable to Satan's attacks. So how do you put on the shoes of peace? Let's get really practical here. Really practical. And I I wish I had more time, but I'm going to fly through this, but I want you to listen closely. Number one, first of all, you got to believe they're in your closet, okay? Some of you, it's probably hard to find any shoe in your closet. But you've got to believe they're in your closet. You know, we've all said, I've said, you know, I struggle with peace. Peace is sort of elusive for me. Is that okay? I'm just not that kind of peaceful person. You can accept that? Am I going to accept that? You see, because when we can't find our peace with God, we search for it in a bottle, from pills, from a purchase, from a possession, from a relationship. And they never give it to you. It's only found in God. Romans 5 says this. If you've been saved by the death of Jesus, how much more will you be saved by his life? What's Paul saying there? He's saying, guys, some of you think the gospel is only about being saved. And it is. About getting that right relationship with God. By having all your sins washed away. That's, that's awesome. But what Paul is saying is the gospel is more than just about that salvation moment. The gospel is about life. You see, some of us, our problem is that we understood the gospel here, and we walked out of the baptistry at peace and saved, and then we've walked the rest of our life outside of the baptistry with a lack of peace. And Paul says if the same gospel can save you, the same gospel can give you abundant, peaceful life. It's there for you. Take it. Number two, and here we get really serious here. You've got to know it's there. Do you, before, can I ask you, do you believe that peace is possible for you? So I can look at some of you and go, I believe for them. I know they're pretty peaceful, but <laughs> buddy, not so sure. We've got to repent of that. Jesus didn't die for you to be a lack of peace. Number two, what do you do? In prayer, take off your anxious shoes. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you throw it on him 
In just a few moments, we're going to surround the stage with some of our leaders here and give you a chance to be prayed for and prayed with. Take your anxiety. Confess your anxiety. Take it from where it is. This is fisherman language here in 1 Peter 5. Cast it. Throw it. Chunk it on Jesus. You're going to see one thing, guys. The key to peace here is going to be prayer. So in prayer, take it off. And then in prayer, put on the shoes of peace. Please open your Bible, Philippians chapter 4. Let's, let's, let's read a passage that, you know, we often camp out in. Last year, we were going through a lot of anxiety. We had a guest speaker come in, speak at anxiety. Elders asked me to do a series on anxiety because we knew how anxious we were. And, and everything almost always goes back to Philippians chapter 4, okay? So some of you complained about lights not being on, so you better open your Bible right now, okay? Open your Bible, Philippians chapter 4. Open your phone, look at the passage, right? Philippians chapter 4, listen. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near, literally. The Lord is at your elbow. You're not alone. What do you do? Do not be anxious about anything. Is that possible? It is. But in every situation... Every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Here's what he's saying. Take your worry list and make it your prayer list. And he says, and when you go and pray, here's what activates peace, thanksgiving. You know, we don't have peace when I live with a lack of thanksgiving. When all I can see is problems in my life and problems in my family and problems in the world. No, 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 no. You start by activating peace by saying, God, you've already been doing some great stuff, man. Thank you. And I believe you can do even more. So I'm casting all my cares on you and I'm asking you to give me peace. And listen to verse 7. This is, this is military language again. It's like a sentry guarding your heart. Listen to what he says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You ever seen someone, you go, man, that person shouldn't be at peace. That's what Paul's saying is, God can give you a peace that's beyond all understanding. It doesn't make sense. How can this person be going through that health issue? How can they be struggling with their family that way? How can they have lost their job? How can they lost their health? And that brings us to number four. With this kind of faith, step into the battle. Here's what I believe. You're never going to experience real peace that makes no sense to the world until you step yourselves out into the battle. So I'll give you, I've given you four pretty simple steps. Believe peace is available to you. It's in your closet. Take those shoes out. Before you put those shoes on, take off those anxious shoes. Put on the shoes of peace and step out in the battle. And even when things are going haywire around you and there's chaos everywhere, you can live in peace. So can I ask you this morning, are you wearing the shoes of peace? Now, I want to ask all of our shepherds, their wives that are here, that come surround the stage. We're going to give people an opportunity to come pray while we sing in just a moment. May need some help here. We've got a lot of sick shepherds, I think, right now. Okay. John Noel, will you and Tanya step up here and help us out?
Any of our staff members are here, if you'd come up here and help us. Just come surround the stage and we're going to give you a chance to pray. So I'm asking you this question. Let's, let's, let's make it really, really specific. And all you got to do is come up here and tell some of these folks, hey, here, first of all, even if you think they know you, tell them your name because it gets pressure up here. Tell them your name. Tell them about your anxiety. Tell about your lack of peace and ask them to pray. Just ask them to pray. And that, this is the biblical way to seek peace. It's prayer. And so you can put the, the shoes of the gospel peace on before you ever walk out these doors, okay? We're giving you that opportunity. Now we're about to sing a song that's so significant in this moment. It is well with my soul. You know who that song was written by? It was written by a man named Horatio Spafford. It was written back in the 1870s. In 1877, they had the great fire of uh, Chicago. Horatio Spafford lost all of his business. It was destroyed. Right after the fire... One of his children, his only son, died. And so after everything was so terrible, he decided the family needed to go on a vacation. So he sent his wife and four daughters to Europe. And he was going to finish up a little business, and then he was going to join them. But on the way across the Atlantic Ocean, the ship collided with another ship. And all of his daughters passed away. Only his wife survived. And as soon as Spafford found out what had happened, he got on a ship to go to Europe. And when he gets to the spot where all of his children had perished, the boat captain said, this is where it happened. And he sat down and he penned these words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's the peace that passeth all understanding. And today, if you need us to pray for you before you walk out of here so you can put these shoes of peace, come meet one of us up here, give us your name, tell us what to pray about, and we'll pray for you right now. Let's all stand together and sing.